Good morning. Oh, did somebody drop a pen? This is a terrible start. <laughs> uh, this is the Frank Skinner show. I can't deny it any longer, though. I'm not Frank Skinner. Frank can't be here today. He's had a last-minute call-up for Love Island. <laughs> Birmingham bombshell incoming. Uh I promise he will be back next week, though, by which time football may have even come home. Mm. And uh, looking forward to a two-day wait in baggage reclaim. Um, we may not have our esteemed leader with us today, but we do have the very wonderful Pianovelli. Hello. Or as I call him, Pete New, just to keep him grounded. I'm trying to find a ge- your jingle, Pierre. We, we have a little French... Oh, my Gallic... Where's, where's Pierre's Gallic jingle? Let's go for this. <laughs> That's all I can find. We also have, I'm very excited about this. I mean, I'm very excited about you, Pierre. Oh, I feel, I feel terrible now. I've made it seem like I'm not excited about you. I am. <laughs> but this is a first. Because I've had previous with this woman. She's been on my podcast. I have the very wonderful Izzy Sooty. Hello. Morning, Izzy. Can I have a jingle, please? Okay. What do you fancy? What about this? Good morning, Tokyo. Yes. Good morning, Tokyo. Happy to be seeing you. Do you like that? I, that's going to be my walk-on music now yeah. for my stand-up shows. It seemed like, as the youth say, a bit of you. Yes, <laughs> I felt. <laughs> Love it. I should say, you can text the show on 81215, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Now, have you and Pierre had previous, Izzy? Um, oh, no. no. Well, Just in life. In life, um, well, my partner says that I know Pierre, but I have no recollection of it. I think... Oh, this is a very awkward <laughs> start. It's terrible. I think we would have maybe chatted briefly, if he's right about that, at Machantlis Comedy Festival sort of backstage. I feel like this is the most polite conversation about having met yes. each other. But I don't know if that's true, though. So I neither do remember... of us really know. No. We might have talked to people who look like us. To be fair, a lot of people look like me. And just... me. Do you think? I think so. Are we you know, just I characters and guess who? I think it's going, I think it's going quite well. <laughs> I quite like your burgeoning friendship. When I met, I mean, I've met Izzy a number of times, when Izzy came on my podcast, though, she, in a moment of... I mean, it was ill-advised. You revealed something to me about a childhood nickname that you sort of tried to get going, I feel, at some point. I did. What was it? IJ. Yeah. And then I insisted on calling you IJ. For IJ. The, for the, yeah. What yeah. do you think of IJ? I like IJ. It's a rare combination of letters. Yeah. <laughs> my middle name is Jane. Mm. What's your middle name, Pierre? Do you know, I think they're getting on really well. What's your middle name? I love that. That's like we're going on a date when you're about eight. What's your middle name? (laughs) How many pets have you got? (laughs) My middle name is Guillaume. It just gets more French the further down you go. So you'd be PG. PG. Like PG Tips. Woody, though. PG Tips. Woody, though. (laughs) Guillaume. Yeah. Oh, I like a Guillaume. Yeah. Yeah. My initials are Piggin. I like, I like, you see, I think I prefer Pierre, though, because Guillaume sounds potentially like a bit of a heartbreaker. Do you think? Yeah, do you not think so, Yes, he sounds like a boy you'd meet on French exchange <laughs> when you were 14. <laughs> it sounds a bit like, and then Guillaume never called me. And Absolutely. I'm over it, yeah. Bond over Orangina. Mm. Okay, I, IJ and uh, PG, there it is. Stuck with it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I need to apologise to you and our loyal readers this morning because I'm a, I'm a bit of a broken woman. I arrived uh, back in to Stansted Airport at about two o'clock. I was back from France, and which we'll discuss. But I felt very seen this morning because it turned out that Pierre Novelli, mm. sorry, PG and I, yeah. had both encountered on our travels when he was coming back from Stansted the worst cab driver slash owner of cab company in the world. Yes. 
Is yeah. that right? Yes, the worst cab facilitator. <laughs> cab gremlin. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Can you, I mean, just, just to give you uh, a brief insight into the worst cab owner slash facilitator of cars in the world, when I asked him, at, probably it must have been about half past 12 last night, did you think I will be getting a driver soon? Are there any cabs that, where is he? He's in the loo. I said, it'll be about 15 minutes. How can you predict he's going to be 15 <laughs> minutes in the loo? Old friends. <laughs> How could he have predicted that? He was a he was a tricky customer, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, did did you end up? What time did you did you sort of loiter there when, um, on your return? He sort of kept telling us it would be sort of two hours for a cab, and sort oh. of sighing as if we'd done that. It'd be two hours, you fool, was the sort of subtext of what he was saying, and uh, we just uh, agreed. And in the end, it was forty minutes, so it wasn't two hours. But he was desperate to stop people from engaging his services. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed by him. What I do hate, I was saying this morning, is he's the last person I thought about when I went to bed last night. Yes. <laughs> and the first person I thought about when I woke up this morning. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. Well, do you want to know my middle name yes. or nickname? I don't really have one. Um, okay, next up this morning. <laughs> my, Dino. My, 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 oh, no. Do you know about Dino? No. Oh, IJ. There was an incident once. Yeah. Is it too early for this? We'll soon find out. Uh, a, a, what my father would have called a gentleman caller in my life, mm. a man I was dating briefly, um, very briefly it turned out, and you'll soon <laughs> found out, find out why. He referred to me as Dino, something that no one has ever really called me before. Yeah. Particularly not in the bedroom. Okay. That is odd. That is odd. He referred to me as Dino (laughs) in a bedroom context. How do you feel about that, IJ? I mean, it's it's um, a make or break situation, isn't it? it? Which one do you think it was? That is very funny. It was um, it was traumatic. Yeah. And that was it. What was he thinking? I don't know. Should we call him? Do you want to yeah. get him on the phone? <laughs> Had he done it before? It wasn't the first time. It was the first and last time, let me tell you. <laughs> well, that is... I mean, that is brave. Mm. It's quite a blokey thing to... Yes, that's what I felt. Yeah. I did... I, I pointed out his folly to him. Mm-hmm. I said, can you please not call me that? <laughs> I went out with a guy nicknamed Dino. Did you? In the 90s, because there was a Derby County player called Dino, and he looked like the Derby County player. Oh, is that a good thing? Um, I mean, I don't want to insult anyone. He was a fine-looking man by Matlock standards. (laughs) That's that's what I'll say. I can't even remember his real name. Do you think you could give him that? I hope he's listening. You could put that on his uh, social media bio. (laughs) A fine-looking man by Matlock standards. (laughs) Now, I have been in France. Yes. And... I have to say, I've been doing a bit of school trip French. Do you do that? Do you both speak French? A little bit. A little bit. I did. I failed A level French. Well, I think you're not going to need to brush up with with old Guillaume. I mean, people are going to be having heart. Pierre, your name's Pierre, and you can't speak fluent French. I'm a real letdown. Yeah. To a lot of baffled French people. (laughs) Well, I went to uh, Joanne Lapin. Are you familiar with it? Is that rabbit? I think you're about La- Lapin. Yeah. That, that's rabbit. I don't believe you failed your A-level French. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you're they pass busting me? Busting out the vocab left and right. I thought you was. I thought you were kind of insulting me, Izzy, in a sort of like Chaz and Dave use of rabbit. Oh, like, is that rabbit you're coming out <laughs> is that with? That rabbit. You rabbit, you, rabbit, you rabbit, rab- rabbiting on Dino. Yeah. Oh, oh that's that's quite triggering. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Jean Lepin. Oh, Lepin. Sorry. Uh, Jean the Pines. I don't know what that means, but I believe that would be... What do you think, Guillaume? Is that the literal translation? Le Pins and Gene the Pines, yeah. Gene the Pines. That's what I thought it was. Um, it was a lovely, relaxing holiday, but it wasn't entirely without incident. And I discovered something extraordinary. It involves the way bread is presented in France. Are you both... Are you French, Pierre? No. 
Are you French, Izzy? No. Oh. Is, is there anyone else available this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I am joined by Izzy Sutty and Pierre Novelli, who I'm calling IJ, based on a childhood nickname that, let's be honest, never really took off, Izzy. That I made up. Crucially, I think mm. nicknames normally made up by other people, but I tried to push it onto my peer group. How would you use it in a context? So, let's say I came over and said, Oh, hi, what's your name? Oh, I'm IJ. <laughs> I, no, do it again. Hello, what's your name? Me, I'm IJ. <laughs> That's good. That's cool. Yeah. I believe you, though. That's the crucial part, is that I think, yeah, this is someone who's been called IJ every day of her life. Yes, it's definitely not something she's started to do today. <laughs> what I like is the me changes everything. Yes. Me? Yeah. Me? This old thing. <laughs> I'm only this one. I don't care what I look like. And Pierre, we've established, is uh, PG, as he's called him. PG. Have you ever been called that? No. Pierre Guillaume. PG, parental guidance. Yes. Yes, I'm aware of that. PG rating. Piero. Piero. Yeah, what about Piero? That's a good one. Anyway, I need to tell you about bread. Yes. I appreciate that sounds fairly basic, <laughs> but bear with me. I was in Joanne Le Pain in the South France at a charming restaurant. Ah. How's that? Very good. <laughs> you liking that? Yeah. Make me sound quite attractive. Very nice. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, in English, that is a food barn. <laughs> is that what it means? Literally. I don't, know. Oh. <laughs> I, do. I don't like it. It sounds a bit food court. Mm. And I don't, you know, I have a rule, IJ. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have many rules in my life, but one of them is this. That's a lie. I have a lot of rules. <laughs> one of them is this. I don't like eating food uh, in a retail environment. Yeah. How do you feel about that? What about, like, a restaurant within a shopping centre that you oh, really like? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. So you wouldn't go in, like, a Café Rouge in a shopping centre? No. So it's Why is not everyone just, laughing? So it's not Why is just everyone the thing laughing? Of, so I know what you mean about carrying your tray in an open air environment to a kind yeah. of big food hall. I kind of get that. You sort of go, I, I go to school at the mall. That's what it feels like. And I don't like that they call it the food court. Don't try and promote yourselves to some sort of legal centre, some judicial the food court. It's not a court. Sort of Arthurian court. I don't, I don't like the way they refer to its food court. No. And I, they try and make it so, see, it's so appealing. Centralised tables in the court <laughs> and you've got your choice. I went with, in fact, I was with Catherine Ryan, I think, and we are in the O2. She was doing a gig there. I was, frankly, tagging along. And she says, I said, I don't know, I can't, I can't eat here, I'm afraid, because it's in the, it's on the retail premises. <laughs> She has literally, I think she's probably put it in her stand-up, she's told everyone she knows, she went, can you believe Emily Dean won't eat in a mall? <laughs> well, she's a North American, so you're really slighting her culture oh, when you say you, you won't eat so? in a mall, yeah. Do you think that's why she hasn't called me? It's a North American tradition. Oh, no, I'm going to have to start eating in the food court. You need to you need to sort of break yourself in. You'll have to take a sandwich a few steps in and just eat some bites walking around. Yeah, that's going to happen, IJ, isn't it? it. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Have we heard from the outside world at all? Yes, indeed. Um, Andy Bush of this parish. Ah. <gasps> Of this Andy parish Bush has tweeted. Oh, photo. because we mentioned, we should say actually, th is this in relation to last week? Because Kat, Frank's Kath, it emerged, she's fond of a malapropism, IJ. Did you know this about Kath? Um, no, but I love that about Kath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she really does. She'll say, I mean, Frank came up with some brilliant examples last week. I can't remember, but it's it's things like instead of a rabbit in the headlights, it'll be, th fill an example. Can you think of something? A rolling stone gathers no... Uh, 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 Head, uh, uh, headlights. Bird in the hand. Uh, You've got yeah. it. Yeah. It's exactly that. So she... Uh, said something. She's a huge fan of Absolute Radio. Why wouldn't you be? And she's particularly a fan of, as she calls them, the Shane and Richie show. Yes. <laughs> Instead of the Bush and Richie. Yes. So has Bush got in touch? 
Uh, he certainly has. He What's says, he said? A big thank you to listener Joe who made us Shane Ritchie badges in <gasps> honour of Frank's partner calling us the Shane and Ritchie show. And they're sort of like, um, they look like sort of imperial medals from a country that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Are they like a country that was made up in Dynasty or something, which was an old soap, and they just make up the name of yes. a com- country, yeah. Cr- got- Crumblovia. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Amazing Europe, yeah. Um, kind of vintage material, haven't they? holding the medals there must be a technical a technical term for that loop of material that you loop around the ring of a medal I think it is a ribbon I think they stick with ribbon a ribbon but you might be right there might be an even more I I reckon there is maybe Um, although I have to say sorry Andy but we did get a text in from 6680 who says, get on with the bread story, please. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> People are on the edge of their seat, bread-wise. Can I say, I love 6680. <laughs> I appreciate your your open courage in addressing me like that. Some might say it was foolhardy. But I'm going to... Compi- Is it 6680? Uh, yes. You've abandoned the, the three... We normally go for the trio. Uh. No, I like the four. The Catra, that's your way. See yeah. the school girlfriend? Anyway, 6680, this one's for you. <laughs> Le Pain. Yes. The Pan story, my Pain, as I will call it. I'm at this restaurant. I can tell it's a, a posh restaurant because there's a celebrity sighting. Clarkson <gasps> is present. Le Clarkson. <laughs> That's how they addressed him, yes. <laughs> yes. Le, le Jérémy. Yeah, he was there. And so I thought, this is a good establishment. I was with my friends, and they only go to nice places because they're people of, you know, exquisite taste. Mm. Um, we, uh, it's picturesque, the pristine table setting. You're getting the picture, you know, sure. this sort of Instagram sunset. And then the waiter comes over... I don't think he liked my energy. I was trying to speak French, and he was doing that thing. Every time I would try and speak French, he would reply in English. Mm. Mm. But in a very, almost angry way. (laughs) And the bread arrived. I say the bread arrived. It took a while to find out it was bread, because a woman came over. It was, she looked so sort of mournful. She looked like it was an Edinburgh Fringe sort of arts production. She was totally silent. Mm. And she was carrying a brown paper bag in each hand. She approached our table and she deposited the two brown paper bags on the table, bowed her head and then walked away. (laughs) Like some sort of mob exchange. It was so... It was like a Premier League manager in the 80s getting, you know, some readies. But it was so odd. It was like performance art. And I opened it, and there were... Well, we all opened it. There were three bread rolls in each. <laughs> it was like prohibition. It was like there was shame attached to the bread, like she was bringing this moonshine or something. We couldn't be seen. It was strange. But I tell you when things got a lot stranger. When I asked for du beurre. Oh. Sorry, I love Pierre's reaction. Oh. <laughs> Guillaume, it didn't go well. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Now, where were we? Oh, I don't like that. Brown, brown bag. <laughs> Isn't that what a, um, a slightly creepy man says when he comes back into the room with the uh, champagne glasses? Now, where were we? Having, having convinced the constable that there's nothing amiss. <laughs> Now, where were we? Uh, oh, I know where we were. The butter dish. Yes. Butter. Du beurre. You had been handed some shame bread. I'd been handed the shame bread, and it was shame bread because it was, it came in, it was presented to me in silence in two brown paper bags. You made it sound like a, a section from a, a long, long performance art piece called Loaf of Grief or something. <laughs> Was this woman ever seen again, by the way? (laughs) Never. It was a brief cameo. Tonight, the part of mournful bread carrier will be played by uncredited woman. So I never saw her again. That was her only role. Oh. 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 That's lovely. I'm so happy. 
Izzy's reaction was great. That's lovely. That's <laughs> lovely. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so then I had the... And I didn't like eating it out of the bag. I felt like a pigeon. Mm. <laughs> so hang on, you didn't... So you didn't transfer the rolls from the bag onto plates? Apparently that's not done in France. Did you feel instinctively that the rolls must remain hidden, given the context in which you were given them? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You thought, clearly these are obscene. I felt rather like if I'm eating a packet of Monster Munch in the street, yes. I will hide them within my handbag. Because I've been brought up, my mum was always, never eat in the street, darling. Never, never, never eat in the street. Um, she didn't mind, so that was the only rule, pretty much, we had. <laughs> Um, so I have got into the habit, if I'm desperate, I will shove my hand into my handbag so no one at least sees that I'm putting it into food stuff. Okay. It's a surreptitious thing. Anyway, it felt like that. So, <laughs> du beurre. Yes, yes. I asked the waiter. He appeared. I asked him in French because I think that's, you know, the polite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Je voudrais du beurre. S'il vous plaît. Very nice. Garçon, maybe even. Sure. Do you know how he responded? <sighs> really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, this was a nice restaurant. Mm. <laughs> you can imagine, Guillaume. I can imagine. I said, du beurre, uh... And then I sort of tried to conjugate it, and I think it all went a bit wrong. I wanted to explain. I said, pour mette sur le pain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Rather than for eating straight. <laughs> Not going to have any bread. It is, for, it is for to make the bread with butter. <laughs> you see, sir. And he went... <sighs> so I didn't hold out much hope. Gosh. Then I'd say that the main course has appeared. Still, pas de beurre. C'est mes garçons, monsieur. I tried everything. Pardon. Then eventually he came over again. I said, du beurre? He just sort of glared at me and then walked off again. It got to the stage that the desserts had arrived. Still, pas de beurre. Well, you can imagine how that was playing with me. Yeah. I almost considered bringing Clarkson in. Because yes. I thought he looked the type that, you know, he might get better, so he might get attention. Oh, yeah. I feel like he'd just walk into the kitchen and get du beurre. Yeah. Where's du beurre? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Monsieur Clarkson. And they would all the cower in front of him. <laughs> so, finally, by this stage, he's sort of clearing the plates and there's still no beurre. And I noticed my godson said, uh, he said, merci beaucoup. And he said very pointedly, the man, because I'd asked him about four times for the beurre. He said very pointedly to my godson, mon plaisir. And nothing to me. Oh. <laughs> wow. I got nothing. And it became such a point of principle by this stage. He brought it out so late that, I mean, I'd be have to be smearing it on a baked Alaska or tart citron. I'm, I'm, it was no use to me. I'm imagining him bringing it out, it out when all the other tables have got the chairs upon them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort of 1am. <laughs> I'm, you know what I imagined? I imagined him turning up in my bedroom, depositing it on my pillow, saying, Voila. Voila le beurre. Du beurre. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is the Frank Skinner Show on Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner's not here. Sorry about that. Does that sound OK? But we do have the very wonderful Izzy Sooty and... Pianovelli. I'm just going to randomly play a jingle okay. and see how we go. Oh, okay. That's good. That, that sounded like I was saying neither of you were relevant anymore, which is not <laughs> yeah. what I was saying. You can text the show on 81215. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. And please do get in touch. We love to hear from you. Or you can email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I want to address Izzy because I've been talking about my holiday, well, specifically du beurre, absence of beurre, 
You've been away as well? I've been to Centre Parks. Oh. Uh, uh, Centre Park. <laughs> Le Parc de Centre. Yes. <laughs> How was it? Um, it was fine. We went for the weekend. Oh, that's not a good review, <laughs> Guillaume, is it? Mm. <laughs> Centre, Centre Parks isn't sounding like the Joan Lapin of England <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> I was thinking about when, um, you know, if you ever say to someone, how do I look? You know, when you've made an effort to go out and they go, fine. Mm. That's worse in a way than going terrible, isn't it? <laughs> you look fine. <laughs> uh, but it was fine. There were there were high points. They were there were low points. Can I start with the low? Of course, <laughs> always. Uh, the two low points were that Ellis, my partner, who he, I love. I mean, no, I don't want you to get alarmed. I'm not. No, don't worry. There's room for you. There's room for you in his life. He loves you too. He really does. I just love you as a unit. I find it pleasing. Anyway, Thank you. Um, so uh, LJ. Um, as is his nickname, <laughs> had to get up at 7am on the on the first day we were there and mm. come back to London to present the National Podcast Awards all day. Um, so I was on my own with a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and three-year-old could open the door of oh. the back door and run away. So it was a bit like, right, OK, I'm going to do, do rock climbing, I'm going to hang on to the three-year-old while the seven-year-old goes up the rocks and I'm going to stop him. But there, were, there were lots of baby ducklings around and all he wanted to do was pick up the baby ducklings while she was climbing these rocks. And he kept saying, duckling, stroke, duckling. And I was like, no, 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 don't, don't stroke it. The sort of alarmed people drinking coffee go, don't let him pick one up. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. Or, you know, Betty's also hard halfway up this this uh, rock face going, weren't you videoing me? And it was just like, oh. I was um, not working with talent. <laughs> I have to say, it sounds like something from, um, you, you know, the sort of enormous paintings of what sort of hell would be like or like tests that yes, people Yes, it's like through. Hieronymus Bosch, isn't Hieronymus it? Bosch, yeah. exactly. It's like a Hieronymus Bosch scene of like, and a child on a rock face will be above some ducklings and it could fall at any moment. Yes. Also, Where do you run? I yeah. like to think that stroke ducklings, that, that's probably what I was saying when I was asking for butter, which is why the waiter was giving me a dirty look. <laughs> it sounds like a bad French translation. It does. So yeah. you were sort of doing a lot of crisis management. Doing there. a lot of crisis management. Um, then he came back that night, so I was like, okay, he's back. We had one how more was the, day How was there. the row? Um, so we didn't have a row until the next night, actually. Oh, that's so good. what I did was when he got back, I said, will you take Betty swimming? And he did. Well, can, I, can you just do the tone? a voice again you said it in <laughs> so I'm Ellis I've come okay. in oh hey, hey there is he I've been doing the old national podcast awards I've been up against it so tired yes yeah, sorry I overran uh, will you take <laughs> Betty swimming that's not, well, I think that's quite nice actually thank yeah. you okay um, so he took her swimming it's a tropical uh Paradise. Mm. Oh, I think called. I need to know about tropical paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Were there murals of parrots, maybe? Oh, I, th I think there are. Oh, yeah. I think there are. There's a pirate ship <laughs> that you can yep. fire water from. Have you been to subtropical? Subtropical swimming park. It's not tropical, it's subtropical. Let's get the geography right. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, is that an Anton Goodness that, sake. Was that the sequel to, to the, uh, the Anton Deck song? <laughs> Let's get the geography right. What was the. But the subtropical. I'm a bit. So, so how did the pirates work? Were there, pe were there actual people dressed as pirates? Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, no, it's a big plastic pirate ship that they can climb up and slide down. But that was the source of the row the next night. Do you know what? I'm so excited. No offence to hear about the row. <laughs> I'm going to have to tease it. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were talking about what IJ was telling us, Izzy was telling us about the row that she and Ellis were about to have. Are you all settled by the fireside? Yeah, Pierre? I'm excited because it, uh, she's heavily implied it was triggered by an enormous plastic pirate ship. <laughs> all the best rows are. <laughs> when you like it, people, someone actually split up because of that. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't sure like it if you two split up. I, would, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. That's never going to happen on my watch. Uh, what happened with the row, please? The row was, uh, the next day when he didn't have to leave Centre Parks, we said, let's take both kids swimming. The three-year-old hasn't been swimming very many times because uh, of, of COVID, because mm. we were in lockdown. So we got him into the changing room. We went to put his trunks on, and he was like, no trunks. 
no trunks. And we were like, oh, trunks. exhibitionist. <laughs> well, he had a swimming nappy on as well. But yeah, maybe he intended to rip it off. So we, he said, no trunks, no trunks. And we were like, what are we going to do? So this went on for 20 minutes with us trying to put the trunks on him, him throwing across the room, them going under other cubicles, people having to knock on the door and return them. He was like, no trunks, no trunks. I thought, I'll get him to watch my phone so we can get the trunks on him. He threw my phone under the door of the other cubicle. Um, so in the end, uh, Ellis and Betty just went into the pool. Um, and I was like... Did Ellis say no trunks or...? <laughs> oh, oh, Ellis never... No, he, he was very trunks, thankfully. Um, so then I had to just take... Steffi, our son, who was having a screaming fit, around to the baby ducklings, which didn't placate him. Placate him, oh. and he threw himself onto the floor next to the baby ducklings. Oh. And um, then a woman came up to me and said, "You're doing, you're doing really well, Mum." Oh. And I cried. I would have cried. It was because uh, I. It was just... Also, when your kid is having a screaming fit for, like... It was probably 30 minutes by that point. Whoa. I was going, there's a plastic pirate ship. And he was still screaming, no trunks! And then I just went and took him to a soft play and bought a massive G&T with strawberries and cucumber in it. Oh, I love and it. And I drank it in a... Genuine, in about 25 seconds. <laughs> And then the row was later. Why did the row start? The row started because we went to Café Rouge in Centre Parks and it took 50 minutes. Was it in a food court? Now, I don't think you would have liked this. um, What makes you think that? It wasn't in a food court as such, but it was in a kind of complex with other restaurants and with subtropical paradise and with a bowling alley. How does that sit with you? (laughs) It doesn't sit very well at all. Would you eat in a dome? What do you think? I think not. No. Okay. (laughs) So how did the row start? The row started because our food hadn't arrived for 50 minutes. Mm. The waitress brought it. I'd had the G&T. I don't drink very much. Um, When I do drink. And I asked for Dijon mustard. Actually, we've got... Interestingly, we've got very similar stories. I asked for Dijon mustard in a slightly stroppy way. But interesting that uh, you were asking for Dijon mustard. I mean, surely I should have been asking for that in my <laughs> local. Well, he would have brought that within two seconds, wouldn't he? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Madame, yes, sir. You asked for Dijon mustard. So, so what's um? Is he being stroppy? I so I said I think I said, can I have some Dijon mustard, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Strong no trunks energy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And what did the wait- waiter say? The waiter, the waitress brought it. Oh. Alice said, I think you were a bit rude then. And I said, <gasps> I was a bit rude. I said, he had a screaming fit. He wouldn't even go and stroke the ducklings. He wouldn't put his trunks on. He threw himself onto the gravel. He was still just in his swimming nappy for the whole of the, of the tantrum because I couldn't even get his clothes on. I was like, don't tell me. I'm... And then I stormed off and cried again and went back to the lodge. And then I booked a facial for the next morning and then I felt a bit better. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Respect. By the way, I was showing is um, Issy 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 Miyaki. Do you not? You don't like being called because of Issy Miyaki. Presumably, that was thrown your way a lot. Oh, it was. But also, Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy because of my surname. Because the Sooty Show, which I don't think is on anymore, uh, my surname Sooty, as mm. you would say, and probably Pierre. I guess you'd say Sooty. Sooty. Yeah. Um, in the north, where I grew up, is Sooty. And the Sooty Show's magic spell was Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. So, um, an unfortunate confluence of. Yeah. Well, did you have a. I bet you had a few what I'm going to call Dino encounters with that phrase. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) I just hope not for yours. By the way, off air, I was showing Pierre and Izzy photographs, which I thought were fairly standard images, apparently not, of my dog, who is currently staying at the Country Dog Hotel. Where while I've been in France, and I get updates of his pro, you know, just progress reports, which are rather lovely. He's on. I got a text yesterday whilst I was in flight hell, being delayed at Stansted and turfed onto buses. I heard, "Hi there, Emily. Can I just check what you want for Ray's spa day? Do you want a groom or just a wash and mud treatment for his coat?" This, this, what's it called? The Country, the Dog, Country Dog Hotel. Hotel. What's a mud treatment? <laughs> we'll soon find out. 
Yeah. Uh, he gets very sport there. He gets to, they give you the option of sleeping on beds. They say, do you want your dog to sleep on the bed with a human? Or I said, yeah, he prefers that. Thank you. So they've just got these humans there who, that's their job. <laughs> yes, they've just yeah. got these humans yeah. there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they've just got these, it's absolutely, and I mean, it's nicer than any hotel I've ever stayed in. Humans aren't allowed in, only the workers, the dog's workers. I love and you that. get updates. And I was once asked by them, they said, would you mind if Ray shares a room with uh, Lorraine Kelly's dog, Angus? Angus Kelly. <laughs> he was referred to as Angus Kelly, which I like. <laughs> anyway, he's having a better time than me. Um, so is he, you've got, what's happening? Because I'm going to be seeing you. You're in Edinburgh, Pierre. Pierre's got his am. show. What is it called? Why can't, your show is... Why can't I just enjoy things? <laughs> oh, I quite like that. I love that. Mm. Monkey Barrel, 610. Oh, we got it in. I like it. Well, I'll be coming to see that. I can come and see you at 6.10. Lovely time. Please, yeah. I think I might... Can I bring a seven-year-old? Of course. Who likes rock climbing? And, yeah. <laughs> and is it OK if there they don't wear... There are in no. the show. <laughs> and it's a trunks-free zone, <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Yeah. And what are you, are you doing... Uh, you're going to be... You're on, are you on tour? I'm, yes, I'm about... I'm going to be on tour from September the 20th. And I've got a run at the Soho Theatre from the 22nd of August for six nights and my show's called Jackpot and it's about seeking adventure in middle age well it's about like my my uh, my quest for curiosity and adventure Oh. A, a bit about the spiritual world. Good title, Jackpot. Mm. Thank you. It's hard first, to think of titles, isn't it? It's the poster used of bursting out of a cauldron of coins I mean, and things. that is what it should be, or me bursting out of a fruit machine. Yes. Mm. Oh, I'd like that. You see, that's why I'm interested, because you're both um, comics and you both got these shows on this summer. But how, exactly, how do you think up the titles? I'm interested in that. Is that what people ask you all the time? How do you think up all those jokes? But how do you? You went for Why Can't I Just Enjoy Things. Yeah. So the, the, the origin story of that is that it's a question I genuinely ask myself at Do one you? point in, exas- in exasperation. And then, you know, stand-up makes you cripplingly self-aware of what you're doing, even as it's happening. And even as I said it to myself out loud, I thought that's a funny thing for the so, person to say to themselves. And then did you do material about it and then think that'll be the title? Or did you kind of log it as a title? Sort of both, really. Where I sort of went, no, oh, this, this seems like a problem that is sufficient for at least an hour of talking. Oh, I like this. Do you know what I like about this? It's become a bit Guardian interview. Yeah. <coughs> yes, yes. So what I decided when I was thinking yeah. of, uh, why can't I just enjoy things? <laughs> <laughs> I went on a retreat and I looked at the sea. To Do you reset. know what? I don't think Guillaume, as he's now being called forever, Yes. I don't see him as a retreat type. Do you? No, I don't. Why not? We'll find out after this. <laughs> Oh, my God, I can't believe it. That is word for word what I said to the owner of, what's it called? Streetcars. I've named and shamed it. I don't care. Yeah, I think think something like that. Terrible. I sort of feel like if I go back to Stansted and I look where that man's booth was, it would just be sort of leaves blowing (laughs) an empty space. And I'll say, but he was here. And the staff will say, sir, there hasn't been a a taxi company here for 50 years. A man died, and they some do say his spirit do haunt the terminal. He was murdered for being awful. (laughs) Now you're taking things too far. Do you know that I was getting so frustrated? I will stop going on. I appreciate people moaning about their travel problems is more boring than listening to their problems. But... Um, I'm going to, nevertheless. Because when I got on and the pilot made an announcement saying, we've got a very tight window. I like a pilot that says that. We've got a very tight window. If we miss our landing, there was a sense of jeopardy at City Airport. We're not going to make it. Oh. It's also Top Gun. So we'd have to be diverted. So we said, if you can all come on quickly, the quicker you get in your seats, the higher the chances are we're going to make it. So we're waiting, and I'm watching these people come on, and I see this man, and dawdling isn't the word. He had a Panama hat. I knew as soon as I saw the Panama hat, we were done for. Yeah, <laughs> says it all. It's the uniform of a shuffler. You've got it. He, he had the blue linen jacket <laughs> with the sort of pockets that look like they're sort of hanging on the floor. <laughs> They've had so much loose change in them. And... 
he had a sort of what looked like a raffia... I don't know if it was full of a watercolour set or something. He was trying to get it up in the overhead locker and then he had a giant big wheelie case. He said, oh, I can't, it's awfully difficult. I was getting so angry. I was going, come on! And then another young guy came on with huge sort of uh, Louis Vuitton shop called Goya. Do you know those big bags? Oh, yeah. On the phone. On the phone at a time like that. No, no. I turned to the member of the cabin crew who was charming... I said, I am going to have to go and do something. I can't, no, I, what I said, I said, I cannot be responsible for my actions if those people don't get seated soon. <laughs> and she said, I completely relate. I wish I could say that. She brought me over a mini bottle of champagne. Did she? Yeah. I said, I don't drink, but I'm going to start. <laughs> Now's the time. Anyway, I won't talk about that any further. What were we saying before that? I've completely lost my track of thought. I'm sorry, I'm slightly disorientated this morning. We- um, have we heard from the outside world? We have. Mm. We've heard from a 597. Have, it, oh. Who've also named themselves as Simon of Sudbury, which sounds like a boutique, doesn't it? He's one of our regulars. He's He's got a slightly medieval vibe. Mm. Love it. Which yeah. is why we call him... I think what happened was he referred to himself as Simon of Sudbury, is that right? And we thought it sounded like a sort of medieval poet, poet or prophet. Yes. I think it sounds like a, a boutique where you go, oh, no, just take him down to Simon of Sudbury. We'll, we'll be able to find a tie there for the wedding. <laughs> it sounds like somewhere that you would get a sort of artisanal hand cream. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think Simon... Yeah, I'm going to... Sim- okay. Simons of Sudbury. Can I, Simons, that's With a Z. It. Can I throw this in the mix? How about uh, a hairdresser... Simon of Sudbury. Simon of Sudbury, hello. Oh, yeah, no, that's yes, good. Yeah. Oh, what about a soap seller, Simon of Sudbury? <laughs> soap oh, seller? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what is a soap seller? Soap <laughs> suds. I'm going down to the soap sellers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what does Simon of Sudbury say? He says, Oh. We were constantly sans-boire. Is that how you say it? Sans-boire. You, can, you Sans can tell that I failed A-level French now. <laughs> I take back what I said about your lapin. <laughs> Rabbit skills earlier. <laughs> Translation without, without butter. For anyone who was, who was with me on the failing A-level French, we were constantly sambo out in Crete a couple of weeks ago. A good dollop <gasps> of the omnipresent olive oil generally did the trick. What do you think about substituting olive oil for butter? It's the salt I miss. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, can I tell you the worst thing to hear? Is when you say, you tell a joke or you say something amusing and someone says, stony-faced, funny. (laughs) (laughs) Or that's comedy. (laughs) I used to know a guy that did that. And I think, you sound like you're threatening me. He would just respond to anything funny. Everyone else would be laughing. Well, I say everyone else, maybe two other people. And he'd go, funny. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Did he have noticeably metal limbs? And <laughs> a lot of wires in his chest. Oh, no, Did you do robots. the same when it was sad news? Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Crying. Yeah. Did he get quite a, whimsical? Did he get quite elaborate with the uh, description? Sexy. That's when he called me Dino. Um, oh, we were talking about olive oil because that's what we do. Olive I'm comparing oil. our Ricardo delivery dates. Yes. No, we don't do that. Um, what did Simon of Sud- was this So Sudbury said... Simon of Sudbury said they'd had to substitute olive oil mm. in. OK. It was on the bench and oh. then it, it was brought in. Um, and it reminded me of when I was a student and we had literally nothing in the house apart from one jacket potato and one packet of tomato economy soup mix. Sad. <laughs> 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 and I cooked the jacket potato and made the economy soup mix with lukewarm water oh, and then poured no. it on the jacket potato. No. Yeah. But no. I, did, you know, I did eat it because I was a student and I was hungry. But yeah, that's the worst substitution I think I've ever done. Hang on. Let me just, let, let me just go back a bit. One jacket potato. Mm. What are the other ingredients? Economy soup mix and lukewarm water. Oh, I thought you said okonomiyaki, which is a lovely Japanese dish. Oh, no. Economy... Economy soup mix. Yeah, a jacket potato, economy <laughs> soup mix. <laughs> and lukewarm water. Well, I mean, lukewarm water, are we counting that as an ingredient? <laughs> I mean, we are in this recipe. Oh, OK. Otherwise, you're just putting powder 
soup mix onto a jacket potato. Which might have been better, actually. Yeah. Uh, is, du is, poivre ou uh, du sel? Non. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a, a wider gap of mishearing, misunderstanding from economy <laughs> soup mix <laughs> to some fabulous Japanese cuisine? I thought it was okonomiyaki. <laughs> <laughs> Which can I say? I highly recommend. Uh, Frank's not here this morning. I know, I'm sorry, but we do have the very fabulous Izzy Sooty. I'm going to try another jingle. Oh, I don't... No, I'm not going... To, oh, no, what about this? Does that sound professional? Oh, thank oh. you. Oh, it cut off rather abruptly. No, that's fine. That was enough. Yeah. I felt like I was on a sort of very 80s daytime chat show. Here she comes. And we have the very wonderful Pierre Novelli. What do you think of the lottery jingle approach? I quite like it. It it forces me to evaluate my character each time in a different way (laughs) and to think, is that apt? Is that for me? Is it for you? Mm. No, I think the answer's no. You can text the show on 812.15. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. One thing we've been discussing this morning, kind of inadvertently it came up, is a man I uh, know... That sounds a bit suspicious. A man I used to know, but he's that no longer... more suspicious. Oh, it does. There's no way of not making this, <laughs> of making this not sound suspicious. Um... He used to say, he used to respond to anyone saying anything humorous with no laughter, but instead the word funny. (laughs) So I'm interested to know if any of our readers have people that respond to jokes in a strange way. Mm. I'd like to know about that because it is a weird... That's odd, yeah. I mean, what do I do with that? Just laugh. Just have to say weird in his face. <laughs> yes. And start a loop. <laughs> I tell you what I would like to discuss this morning. Talking of weird, did you read about he's the hero of the week? Even over in France, Sans Burr, I heard about this character. He's called Dean Mayhew. He got a Tesco club card, was this right? Tattooed on his arm because well, why did he do it? That question to Pierre Novelli. So he'll never miss out on offers. <laughs> Dean is a man who loves offers. Dino. Dino. <laughs> is it my ex? <laughs> <laughs> and the notion of missing out on offers fills him with grief to the point where apparently he's willing to ink his Tesco club card onto his body. He's described in the... Uh, Unwise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Efficient. <laughs> it's quite robotic. It's appropriate, isn't it, to speak like a robot when you've got a barcode you're know, blooping through a machine on your arm, like some mad dystopian. <laughs> so he's had... Did you see this, Is He's basically had the barcode tattooed. What, what area of his arm? Is it on his... Is it ticket to the gun show? Yeah, I, Scan I don't know your if QR I've seen the photo, first. but I presume it's it's got... I, he said that he tried to put it through the self-scanner. I mean, it must have been very exciting. He went with the tattoo artist after they'd done it giddy. to see if it oh, worked. Giddy. <laughs> <laughs> giddy. Ready to test. Um, they went to the self-scanner and he said it, it was too awkward because of the way the scanner was positioned to see if it would scan. Okay. They had to go to the person at the till. How embarrassing. I know. How do, how do you open that? Excuse, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I, I love offers. Especially your offers. Anyway. Um, it's because he thought... It's because he often forgot his card. But I actually think it's very efficient. The, do you? Yes. Oh, no, I don't think anyone would deny the efficiency of it. <laughs> efficient. Efficient. <laughs> to me, it says in a, in a forearm. His description of his difficulties, that's what it implies he, to me. He, what he said was that he got the numbers tattooed on his arm. He said apparently he goes there up to three times a day. He does have seven children. He's described as a money-savvy dad of seven. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how else he was described, which I'm going to call tabloid speak. Mm. The shopper. At one point the during shopper. the feature, they decided we've referred to him as Dean Mayhew or the man. So they referred to him as 
the shopper. It said the shopper thought about the tattoo for several months. And I like the shopper because it sounds like his criminal mastermind nickname, like you better call the shopper. (laughs) You don't want to get the shopper involved. You want me to call the shopper on you, son? He never misses an offer. (laughs) I'll show you what. You want to get the shopper around here? You don't want to see his barcode. I imagine you did a few harmonies when you were younger. Oh, you it used to drive my sister out of her mind when we were in the car as a family. And I used to harmonise, especially with Madonna, Greatest Hits. Oh. I used to know harmonies. I used to know that album so well I could predict the starting note for the next song as the song ended. And I used to do harmonies for every song and my sister used to go, shut up. And now Ellis does the same. <laughs> He says shut up or he sings to Madonna in perfect harmony. No, he says shut up. Oh, I love doing a bit of harmonising. I want to know if we've heard from the outside world. We are talking about Dean Mayhew, a.k.a. the shopper, who had a barcode tattooed onto his arm, essentially to save time, or just to save money. Is this right? Yes, well, to, 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 to ensure he never missed out on an offer. I sound like Jacob Rees-Mogg, very out of touch. Well, what are these club cards to save money? I have got... time or money. <laughs> Is it a gentleman's club? <laughs> the Tesco club? I don't believe I've heard of that one. Excuse me, I'd like to apply for membership of the Tesco club. Bring, bring Mr Tesco out. <laughs> I have some questions for him. I have got a club card, and I do take advantage of the offers, I'll have you know. Mm-hmm. Um... So we were discussing him, but I'd like a brief pause in proceedings to hear apparently our readers have something to say on the subject of Dubur. And I don't know, what's olive oil in French, is he? Is uh, a- it's something like oui. Oui. Huile. H U I L E, isn't it? Yeah, Over to you. Well, we asked, what are your thoughts on olive oil as a replacement for butter? Mm. And it's fair to say... No, it makes sound have... like family fortunes, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Our survey says... Uh, it's fair to say people have flipped their lids. Oh. At the very suggestion. Oh. They've flipped their lids of olive oil. It's not OK. It's really not OK. What it's have they really said? It's really not OK. Um, a taster? Very, very good from Adam. Uh, virgin on the ridiculous. Oh. He said, very good. Oh. That well, was producer, a- please don't moan at the, <laughs> the clients' comments. Yes, oh, I call them clients. This says that it describes themselves as a very middle-class person. Jo- oh, what's Josh. that? I give them my number. Um, there are times when olive oil and balsamic vinegar together are an acceptable replacement for butter if the bread is dipped into it. I don't know what else you'd do with it. Do you think... And, and I'm talking sourdough, not mighty white. Uh. Do you think Frank Skinner is going to be livid with me? that I've turned this into some Mikado. Do you? What do you think of olive oil and artisanal breads? And, you know, I mean, the day before... I mean, this is a man that's been helped bringing football home. Well, uh, I think uh, he will, might relate more to Michael, who says, tried it with mash. Disaster. Is it really? Well, according to Michael... It's the verb... I can see how that wouldn't work. Oil and mash. I've seen one here. Yes, I do sometimes get access to them. Canary Mark, I've checked, and I think that's fine. In Spain, it is normal. Delicious sandwiches they make. Is that Yoda? (laughs) (laughs) I quite like the sound of that. And then, oh, Canary Mark's then gone on to say, oh, I don't like that. No, Canary Mark. Keep it clean, come on. Richard Harrogate... Haragati says, I do that as an alternative on my baked potatoes. How do you feel about that? Richard Haragati, a bit of Dickens' character. How do we feel about olive oil on baked potatoes? Richard Haragati's oily <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> it goes with the, with the Sudbury guy. <laughs> Simon <laughs> of Sudbury and Richard Haragati. Together at last. <laughs> Frank Skinner. We're talking about all sorts this morning on Absolute Radio. We're talking about olive oil. We're talking... I know, but it's me. What do you expect? We're talking about Tesco club card tattoos. Mm. Dean Mayhew has got one. The shopper. Who the tabloids refer to as the shopper, comma. Normally they put their age there. Why do they like to put the shopper, comma, 43? <laughs> it's as if, as you read that, you sort of go, oh, I see, oh. a 43-year-old shopper. Yes. There we are. Now that I understand. Sense. He, I mean, I assumed it was some, the sort of 
I, I'm not going to lie, the drunken antics of a fool. Yes. <laughs> Turned out, no. 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 He, he said it, he thought about it for several months before he did it. I'd like to see those plans. Yeah. <laughs> what I, I mean, like... imagine the tension when they were waiting to see whether it would work or not, because if it didn't work... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I'd have loved it if it hadn't worked, oh. is he? It would have been very funny. Wouldn't I you mean, have loved that front row seats to that? My main question for for Mr Mayhew is... Uh, the shopper. For the shopper. Mm. 30. Um, is he's, he's claiming to be hitting up his local Tesco three times a day. Mm. Can I suggest he makes a list? <laughs> Perhaps tattoos it onto his other arm. <laughs> It might save time. I actually think that's a very good idea because I have to say, as someone with two young kids, not seven, as Dean has, mm. I always need to buy the same things from the shop. The shopping list doesn't really change, so it is a good idea. To get yes. You could leave two dotted lines to add something for that day at the bottom. Yes, in Byro. Yes. Oh, so you, know, you, really, you really thought it through. Mm. I like would it, that. Would it be funny to have a shopping list tattooed on your arm but in sort of that kind of gothic font? <laughs> Really elaborate sort of Germanic oh, sort of, font. Um, or in Chinese, you know, when people have like, uh, it actually just means bread, yes. milk. Bread, milk. <laughs> oil. People always think it means live every day as if it were your last. And what it actually means is plum tomatoes <laughs> and Bavarian cheese slices. You could, you could get the opposite of the usual joke that you hear is played on people with Chinese mm. character tattoos. So you go, what does that say? Oh, it says, um, it says, uh, find inner strength. Oh, bloody hell, I wanted to say butter, eggs and milk. Yeah. <laughs> I've been had. Um, we, yeah, far too poetic. We should say the shopper has... I, I like the shopper, though, mm -hmm. because he said a couple of things I enjoyed. He said, um, it's, it's typical me, really. And I like the idea of that being typical anyone. Well, what aspect of that, getting a barcode tattooed onto your arm, is typical anyone? But he also went on to say, um, I'm not one of those people that regret stuff. So that's handy. As a dad of seven, you'd hope so. <laughs> he says he's now considering the big one. Nectar. Oh, maybe. He's, I like. He's getting the big nectar. <laughs> I like his boast. Anything you can do with a normal club card, I can do with my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a few times by many a man. Tell you what, it would make very easy. He could take oh. other people's points. You ever at the checkout and they go, "Oh, I've forgotten my card. Do you want my points?" Oh. He'd just have to stick his oh. arm out. Oh, I'd love that. Mm. Like hailing a bus or a taxi. Do you have Do you have loyalty cards? Uh, yeah, I have a Nectar card and I have a Boots card. This sounds like the worst day ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, do you have loyalty cards? What's My name's your Emily. Middle name? What's your middle name? Do you have loyalty cards? Do you have a loyalty cards? card? Do you butter like or olive oil? Butter or olive oil. <laughs> yes, it's not going to be a second date with this sort of chat. I have a lot... Well, I'm going to plough the hell on. I have a Boots loyalty. Yeah. Gosh. That's the one everyone's got, isn't it? No. What? I have, I have no loyalty. <gasps> Of any kind. Do you have no loyalty? Mm -mm. I'm I'm a I'm a gun for hire. What do you think? Have you got that? a bank account? <laughs> well, that's neither here nor there. Is he? He doesn't have a bank account. <gasps> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Uh, Pierre, I'd like to know what's happening in the world of Novelli. Well, does that sound okay to you? It sounds good. It sounds good. Well, I, I was going to say I'm a bit embarrassed. Here we go. Ah, yes, Libre. <laughs> no, Fadibel. I am. Um, I'm. I. am scorning mm -hmm. Mr. Mayhew and his tattooed arm, but oh. more fool me because I lost my wallet, oh. and that wouldn't have affected me as much if I'd been covered in all the information. <laughs> that I normally need to keep in my wallet. Driver's licence on my back. I mean, I'm, I was about to say, where yeah. did you lose it? I do apologise. Um, I lost my wallet gigging uh, mm. in central London, but I didn't know I'd lost it there. Mm. So I had to do a sort of uh, mad sort of trek 
through mm-hmm. all the different places I'd been over a couple of days in London because it, it took me two days to notice I'd lost my wallet. Oh, someone's doing all right for himself. Yeah. Well, Why did you not have a bank account? account? I guess yeah. he gets paid in cash all the time. He got, yeah. Do you know what? After I ended the link, <laughs> full transparency here, I ended the link saying we don't think he's got a bank account and I worried that it, that had maybe upset Pierre. The idea that people would think he didn't have a bank account, that he was off the grid in some way. That you do yeah. have you do have this sort of bear grills vibe to you with the shorts and all that. Yeah, I'm I'm not at the bottom of the list of people you think have a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Can, very unbranded. Would you start a fire with two sticks? In like in the in a survival course. Nominally, I know how, but I've never done it. Okay. Could you fight with a bear? I I could. I don't think I'd win. <laughs> we could all fight with a bear. You're quite, you're witness. The fact that he's even saying that, but he, he's I a would, step ahead of me. My great great run. grandfather was known for fighting a bear. Really? I should say infamous. Mm. In the uh, he was from Wales. What's we'll no more? If you, <laughs> if you look up uh, facts on him, that's one of them. It's pretty much the only thing, really. He was known for. Um, he was a boxer, and he boxed a bear. Really? It's mm. amazing. I'm going to look that up. Bear. is bear in Welsh, I think. Ar. Oh, lovely. Oh. He boxed a bear. Mm. God. So I'm just saying. It'd be very funny if I looked up the, the sort of black and white picture and it was a sort of lovable Paddington style bear just getting absolutely <laughs> yeah. hammered. In a very nice duffel coat. Yeah. Just and Harrods. Getting his face caved in in the ring with your brutal With my great grandfather who turned out to be the Marquis of Queensbury. Yes. It's not the case. Uh, so anyway, over to you and your lost slash stolen wallet. Well, I had to sit and sort of make a list of venues I'd been in and places oh. I'd gone, including a, a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. And then, uh, because none of the, uh, no one, uh, no establishment answers their landline anymore, because no one rings them. <laughs> Sorry, so you, are we in the studio with Bertie Worcester? Yeah. <laughs> no, Jeeves, no establishment answers their landline. I sent damn, a telegram, I heard nothing back. None of these coves, damn <laughs> rummy it is. The whole bit dashed business, I say. But even like restaurants, bars, or whatever, because no one rings them except for robots pretending to be HMRC. <laughs> and what do they say? Funny. Funny. <laughs> Tax fraud. <laughs> so when you ring them up and, and you try to get through to them, especially if they're part of a national chain, say, they're very baffled as to what on earth you could possibly want. So I had to go personally <laughs> round London. Like, I felt, I'll be honest, that bit was quite fun. I felt a bit like a hard-boiled PI. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Tracking down my own lost property by hand. You've you know. got that vibe about you, but I, can I be honest? I will. You look like a bit the fugitive. You've gone rogue. <laughs> Pinning them against the wall. Where is it? <laughs> Do you think, Kizzy? Yeah, and I also think that Pierre Novelli is a very good name. For... Pierre Novelli, P.I. Yes. Oh. I trust you. But if he I gets his... my wallet. Mm. You know what I love about Pierre Novelli, P.I.? He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. You know, my dogs in the um, the dog hotel, Country House Dog Hotel, Country Dog Hotel, they ask what music he'd like to listen to on the journey. God. They do, he's got preferences. How does he uh, indicate those preferences? Well, it's very simple. Bark once for Chopin, twice for reggae. <laughs> it's true. We were hearing about your my, situation. Ah. Uh, my, my hard-bitten detective film noir-style adventure through London. Mm. <laughs> well, I had to go and bother uh, people at a, a pub, a Chinese restaurant bother. in Chinatown, and then a comedy venue. I like the bother. idea of you, but did you encounter, did you call the shopper in to help you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The shopper stood loomed behind me. I got a uh, bit of bother. <laughs> yes. So, so you re- do you retrace your steps? Yes, went to the Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. and uh, there was... It, it was a fairly small restaurant, but there was only one person in there as a, a, as a customer. Mm. But it was nevertheless behind the scenes, as busy as if it was full. Mm-hmm. Of course. I have no idea why or how, but mm. they were. It took. I, I sat, sort of looking at nothing, like a sinister, a sinister caller for ten minutes while they did a, whatever it was they were doing, and then eventually they realised that I wasn't going to go away until they checked their lost property, which was in an attic. Wow. They, they, a sort of secret panel was, was pulled aside above the counter of this tiny Chinatown restaurant, and they went up a sort of weird 
little ladder. Oh. And they brought down a denim wallet. And I said, no, not that. <laughs> and they said, well, go away then. And I did. It wasn't. Oh, it was a false alarm. They said, yes, we have a wallet. And I sat there while they gingerly so retrieved it. Did you locate the wallet eventually? It was. Where was it? Infuriatingly, in the comedy venue where oh. I had performed, where they know who I am with my driver's license and address in. Why and they had just decided to not tell me for two days. They could have tweeted me that they had it. I would have, I would have got quite, um, I would have got upset. Let's let's put it that way. I would have got as upset as I got with the man mm. with the Panama hat, <laughs> who was slowly boarding the flight yes. last night. But yes. were you so incredibly relieved to find it that you didn't? Yes, the, exactly. The re- the relief high. It was as if they'd given me a wallet as opposed to return my wallet and it lasted for an hour and then I was annoyed. But by that point I was home and they were safe. Mm. Well, have we heard anything from the outside world at all that we'd like to round the show up with? Because I need to say also there's a big day tomorrow which I'm sure you'll be aware of. Hello, you two. You don't like football, I know, but you've got to at least pretend. Will you be watching? The women's uh, final? Uh, yes. Okay. I will watch the final as well. <laughs> You've got, got to get a derby to do a preview. What time, what time's the football? I'm not the radio times. Google it. Come on. Five o'clock. Uh, you know what? Ellis will be watching it. He will, but he'll have both kids because I've got a preview in Derby at 7.30pm. OK, so no one will be wearing trunks for it. It's fine, we can handle that. <laughs> as long as there are baby ducklings in the living room, the three-year-old will concentrate. <laughs> oh, um, I have so loved doing the show with you two this morning. I should say, Izzy, I'm going to come and see you live. You're at the Soho Theatre between the 22nd and the 27th of August. Yes, please come. I'd love you to. And it, anyone else who wants to come. Be I'll be there. It's called Jackpot. I mean, that might not be an incentive but I'll be there deal with it and you're on tour from September the 20th the 20th yes and you can also go and see fabulous Pierre Novelli at the Edinburgh Fringe and I will be coming to that as well and that is when is that starting again it's on the second it starts on the my run starts on the second and it's monkey barrel 6 10 p.m. okay and it's why can't I just enjoy things correct <laughs> thank you so much both of you for doing the show this morning please enjoy the football tomorrow I think it might be coming home what do you think? I feel like it is yes (laughs) I mean I've never heard it's the most emphatic football command yes (laughs) thank you for being with us this morning wonderful Frank will be back next week be seeing you